Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. It's time! You asked for it, and you got it. At BruceBuffer.com. Championship introductions at a special rate are now provided for all of you as a keepsake for life, like you are being introduced like a champion in the cage. Just go to BruceBuffer.com. Specials for championship introductions, weddings, birthdays, voicemail, and business recordings. I'm here for you if you need me. Check me out at BruceBuffer.com. TJ, you know I love football, and you know ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. You know, Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I honestly don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out MyBookie.com. You know, I know that you may not know who you're betting on from week to week, but I do know for a fact you know who you're betting with, and that is the world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. My bookie. And if I've learned anything about you, Bruce, you don't endorse anything that you don't truly believe in. You've done your research, and for good reason. My bookie has stood out as uh, you know one of the best uh, sites out there to place your wagers with. Yeah, absolutely. You know they've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, which I checked out. And the, the, the key thing is, which is important to me, is their mobile site is easy to use because, let's face it, we all use our phones these days. I also heard, Bruce, that they have in-game betting as well. So it's not just the typical matchup, you know, Team A over Team B. There's props that come up. There's live betting. There's a lot of other options than just that typical, hey, I'm going to take so-and-so by whatever. Exactly. And when you go to my bookie, join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, whatever you put in. Use the promo code Buffer to activate the offer. Now, remember, when you do Buffer, it's all in capitals, capital B-U-F-F-E-R. So visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Buffer in capitals when creating your account to claim the bonus. Hey, if you play and you win, what happens, Bruce? You get paid! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping to the Great Wall of China and back to the streets of Beijing, China, where the UFC is coming. 
We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show we talk about what you think about, but maybe you're afraid to voice. Do not worry. We'll voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. President Trump, politics, the world's events, the country's events, sex, drugs, rock and roll, film, TV, and of course, UFC. And here we are today with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, how are you? I'm good, Buff. Uh, excited to be back uh, w- without a, a, a best of show. It's been a little while since we connected, but... Uh, Back in studio today, talking about uh, current events, topical things, and uh, yeah, it's it's been uh, you've been a busy man lately. Yeah, busy man, and I'm heading out to Beijing. I get back for two days, and I head off to Adelaide, Australia. I get back for three days, and I go to Toronto, Canada. Um, you know what, TJ? I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It's what I do. Uh, sacrifices have to be made when it comes to family and loved ones, especially during the holiday week of Thanksgiving. But my, very, very exciting times. I love what I do. I hope everybody out there loves what they do because then you're living a lifestyle. You're not you're not just going to, to work. You're not just going to a job. Right. Uh, what's the old saying? If you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yeah, but some I, I, don't, do, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that either, because some days do feel like, man, I worked a lot today. Right. I do a lot. I do a lot more than just UFC, which I love, you know, and you know that, too, without going into detail. But, you know, every day there's something to do. And you know what, TJ? Thank God we have something to do. Thank God it's on our agenda and on our work plates. Yep. And we, we, we should be very happy. And during this special week of thanks, there's one thing I'm thankful for. So thank you. And, and honestly, Bruce, there's nothing better than uh, that sense of accomplishment you get from doing what you love. And uh, I mean, I, I never roll into work on Monday upset with what I'm doing, essentially. Maybe I don't want to go to work, but uh, I definitely know it could be worse. Exactly. So on a positive note, let's move on. We got a really... Uh, I think a good show, real solid show today. We got Jim Norton coming on, you know, American comedian, radio personality, actor, author, television, podcast, podcast host with Matt Sarah. You know that Jim's got something to talk about. He always does. He's a friend of the show. So why don't we bring Jim on and let's get into some current events. Let's talk some UFC talk. Let's have some fun. Let's laugh. One of my favorite guests, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite comedians. The man is stand-up personified and always has something to say. What's he going to talk about today? We will find out. We have none other than the funny, the hysterical, the controversial, and the intellectual. Jim Norton. Hi, Jim. Thank you. I- I'm never going to live up to that intro, by the way. The best way to intro me is to go, uh, hey, look, the next guy is kind of mediocre, and I'll usually pass that. But whenever it's a big buildup, I fall flat on my face. <laughs> you are so self-deprecating. That's one thing I love about you, man. It's all good. Listen, let's have fun on the show. we got a number of things to talk about here in and out of the UFC. First off, congratulations, because you know I've been watching your progress with Matt Sarah on UFC Unfiltered. Um, you guys have really just done a great job with that. And I know you have a Thank huge you. audience, so congratulations to both of you. It's fun, man. I like, I like, I mean, you, you know, the fighters better than I do. I like, they're all nice guys and it's fun just talking about something I love. Like Matt is the jujitsu expert. He knows all the, mo- you know, I just like talking about, I'm like a fan. So it's kind of cool to be a fan and be allowed to talk about it. Yeah, no, that's the best, that's the best combination you can have whenever you do anything in life. You know, it's kind of the combination of passion and work together. Yeah, absolutely. But, but how is it working with, again, one of my favorite personalities forever in MMA, Matt Serra? That guy is a trip and a half to spend time with. You must be just laughing your butts off all day long with him. We do have fun. It's like having a giant child because, you know, Matt's loud and he's crazy and he comes in and he's like, you know, he's eating edibles and he's like, Jimmy, and he's screaming. <laughs> uh, he's a psychopath, but I mean, he's, he's a really good soul. Like, you know, people like Matt is exactly the guy people think he is. Like when you see Matt, he, I've never seen him snub anybody. I've never seen him be rude to anybody. Uh, he doesn't tolerate any crap. 
But if you're nice to Matt, he's nice to you. Uh, he really is one of my favorite people. Yeah, to add to that, I mean, I agree. He's an absolute sweetheart. He's a teddy bear. He's super, super tough. We all know that. But he's New York. And in yep. New York, it comes one way. Uh, unlike here on the West Coast and the East Coast, it's I like you or F you. It's really yeah. that simple. That's it. it and and I, it's, it's hard to hide how you feel here. Yeah, but I gotta, you got to appreciate that. you got to appreciate that. Now, before we go into something, one thing I want to touch with you, we have gone through horrific fires back here, which I'm yeah. going to go into uh, a little bit. Um, one of the things that happened in the fires, they say that the smoke is heading as far as back east and is now as visible from New York City. Have you seen this, Jim? I, I was in L.A. last week. I didn't even see it. Like, even landing, I was like expecting it to be like a hard landing. And there were people were saying, like, well, this, the air quality here is not good. But I truly have not seen any at all. And, no, New York is exactly the same as it always is. So, no, luckily so far I've seen no uh, residual effects whatsoever. Yeah, well, I'm sure the fallout has made it over there. It's just, you know, it's the worst fire I've seen in my 45 years of living in Malibu since I moved to Malibu. I also found out that my childhood home I moved to has burned to the ground. So oh, I lost no. there. Yeah, 21 homes where I lived were, were lost in the fire. Another 20 homes in Trancas Canyon Road. And Trancas Canyon, for those that know Malibu, went down. I lived in three homes there. Uh, one home's gone. The other home, it burned to the edge and stopped. Uh, my brother's home, which I won't mention where he lives, uh, a number of people, 47 homes were lost there. He was uh, worried about his. It was in England, waiting to see what happened. Came home. Luckily, his home made it. Now I think the missing person list is well over 12, 1,300 people. Wow. Uh, and uh, just my heartfelt wishes, I have to say this with you on the line, there were 600 homes lost in Malibu, uh, many, many more in the campfire in Northern California, many lives lost, animals lost, um, memories lost. It, it's not a positive situation whatsoever. And I just, my heart, my condolences, my best wishes go out to everybody and, you know, Jim, in the way that life is, people were saying one comment I saw on uh, on uh, social media when I put up a post on my Instagram and they made the comment like, well, they're rich in Malibu, uh, you know, yeah. they can afford. It's like, you know what? We can't even get in, uh, fire insurance in parts of Malibu. And I don't care how rich you are. There is nothing worse than losing your memories and losing your home. And yeah, your, your, your furniture, your clothes, the, the stuff people keep from their kids, little art things their kids make in school. So even if you're rich, you still value that stuff. Absolutely. And for those that are not aware, when you think Malibu, people think rich, the lifestyles are rich and famous. Let me tell you something. When I moved there, we weren't rich. We were middle class. We also went broke three times living in Malibu, made our money back. I wrote about that in my book, It's Time. We, the rich people lived at the beach. It is full of people that are middle class that have lived there forever. And those are the people who lost their homes, elderly people that now have nowhere to go. So open up your hearts, people. And I have posted a couple of funds where you can donate for animals and for some relief, not just for Malibu, for all the fires. And also helping the firemen who I beg to, when I, I bow to rather when I see them, the firemen and the firewomen of this world. Jim, they're studs and studstresses, yeah. no matter how you cut it, no matter how you cut it. Well, it's Seriously. funny too. People think that if you're, it's almost. I've never met anybody who is so rich that they're like a fire. Yeah, I don't. Go ahead, burn my stuff. Like no one is that rich that they don't care about their stuff. It's really crazy how people just they want to find a reason to not care about the people whose homes are burned. Like, it's just, it, and if they were poor, they'd go, Ah, come on, they're poor. Stuff's not worth anything anyway. Like you know, people are just really not empathetic sometimes. No, and it's getting worse as time goes on. We talk about the decay of morality in the United States and as well as around the world. And that's a perfect example of what we talk about right there, what you just said. And yeah. as the saying goes, Jim, ignorance is bliss for many people. 
Let's put it, it is. And, and look, I'm not the most moral guy, but uh, you know, I, I feel bad for anybody. I, you know, I, I woke up one night and smelled smoke in my apartment, and I'm like, oh Christ! And uh, I, I realized the fire was coming from down the street. But I'm watching somebody's. This, this something really unsettling about watching flames come out of the window of a home or a. It's just like you know that everything somebody owns is being destroyed. You know, you, you're taking for granted they're out of there and they're alive. It's a really uncomfortable thing to watch something uh, burn. It's it's uncomfortable, and let me elaborate on that a little bit. Um, in the fires, which I've been through every fire since 1972 out here, okay, close up, coming to the edge of my home, burning, and the wind changes and blows it back up the hill. We think we're going to lose everything. Wow. There's something that's fascinating about fire, but it's more so absolutely frightening to be in that fire. It's fa- It's fascinating and frightening at the same time, and sure. it's just – it's not a it's not a good experience. But now the worst is not over because what happens after the fires, for those that do not know, when the vegetation is taken out of the ground, it's burned down to the ground. It takes months for that to come back. There's nothing to hold back the dirt during the rains on the hills. So now what they're going to experience, hopefully not, we're in danger now of floods and slides, mountain oh, mud slides. slides. Mudslides. And I one time there was a mudslide after a big fire in Malibu that closed down the highway for two months, Jim. And you know where I wanted a living? My company that I owned at the time put me up. I could not get to town. It would be a three-hour drive around to get to town because there's only one way in and out to uh, Santa Monica, L.A. area from Malibu. I lived at the Hyatt House on Sunset Boulevard. Oh, uh, okay, right by the comedy store. Yeah, and I, well, that, that, was, that was it. And this was back in the 19, like 1982. Uh-huh. And they used to call it the Riot House back then. And every band, I saw everybody from... Carlos Santana, Led Zeppelin, you name coming in and out, all the fancy things. But you know what I did almost every night, Jim? I went to the comedy store almost every single night. And it was the greatest experience. I'd leave the, leave the uh, room, come back, my bed's made, I got room service, and i go laugh my ass off at night. It was incredible. You must have and, seen like Letterman and Richard Pryor and Robin and all those guys. I saw everyone, and you talk about Letterman, at that time, the Westwood Comedy Store was open in Westwood, along with the Hollywood one that Mitzi Shore opened. And David Letterman was the host almost every single night in Westwood. I would see him on weeknights and weekends. He was the host of the show on his way up before he started taking off the way he did. And yes, I saw everybody. Andrew Dice Clay, when he was living on Mitzi's couch. James Carey at 18, Jim Carey rather, at 18. Oh, right. 18. And when I saw him, Jim, I told my friends and the date I was with that night, I said, this guy's going to be one of the biggest stars ever. He was just a rubber man. I never saw any act like him ever back then. He was amazing. Right. Amazing. So anyway, I, I could I could talk. Look, I could talk comedians and comedy with you all day long, but we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. Again, my condolences go out to people in the fire. Um, my wishes are with you, and I'm sure all of yours are, too. Sure, speaking for both you and, and uh, absolutely. Yeah. TJ. Now, one last note before going to the news. Stan Lee passed. Stan Lee, the man responsible for much of the Marvel Universe, has passed away. Um, I just want to thank him for all the entertainment he provided us over the years. And again, we cover when passings happen, when we note them on the show. My condolences and best wishes go out to the family of Stan Lee also. Yeah, I didn't. I met him once. I got to interview him. Uh, I was doing this Comic-Con segment for The Tonight Show. Uh, they wound up not airing any of the interview, I guess, because the, the segment was already full with stuff and there was just no time for it. It didn't make sense. Uh, but, you know, it, it, talking to a guy like that, you're still kind of awestruck. Uh, like, you don't realize how impressed you are by Stan Lee until you're standing in front of Stan Lee. And then you're like, yeah, this is this is great. Um, you know, I, I didn't know him, but I had to talk to him one time. And, you know, what? A, I mean, 95 years old, you can't feel bad for a guy who's 95. I mean, he lived basically lived with comic books 
and live to be 95. That's not a bad way to go. Not a bad way. Also, like it, like you're saying, he lived a full life. Yeah. A full life. So good for him. Best wishes to him and his family. And uh, again, I hate breaking away so quick from these subjects, but we have to. Now, That's another fine. subject that. <laughs> thanks. All right. Before we get a little UFC talk, let's talk a little six degrees of separation UFC talk. Conor McGregor apologizes for the whiskey shortage. Okay. Supposedly, uh, Connie would, Connor would like to apologize to all whiskey drinkers who've been dying to get their hands on his proper 12 whiskey. There's a worldwide shortage, he claims. Um, supposedly, proper 12 sold, sold more cases in less than one month than many whiskey brands sell in a full year, amounting to hundreds of thousands of bottles sold. The crazy sales led to a shortage of the product, which is great for Connor's bank account, bad for news for fans trying to get their hands on a sure. bottle. Um, anyway, so... It's amazing. He was. He says he was at the distillery last week. We had plans to be back, placed back to back, to be back in stock in Ireland, excuse me, and the United States in early December and onward. Uh, and they're producing hundreds of thousands of bottles now. Question, Jim. Question, because this occurs to me. Because I'm. I'm. I teach sales. I'm a salesman personified. I understand marketing, and I understand inventive creative marketing. Do you think for one second this is a sales pitch to create more sales? You know, I don't know. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it was. I mean, nobody runs out of alcohol. But let's be honest. I, I've never heard of a company running out of booze. Hey, sorry, yeah. we don't have any Bud Light. You know, it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, it's probably a marketing ploy to make it seem like it's very in demand. I mean, look, Connor's a smart dude. So that, that's what I'm going to guess, that it's a marketing ploy. And it will work because then it will come back right before the holiday and there'll probably be a big rush to get it. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know, that's that there is a possibility. I'm not calling anybody deceiving or anything like that. This is a world of sales. People paint the picture. Perception is reality. Sure. I'm happy for a success. I'm happy they're making more. And everybody enjoyed Proper 12. By the way, I did try it. I liked it for the price. Pretty good. Oh, Pretty good. good. I, don't, I don't drink, but I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure it's a uh, decent whiskey. Yeah, yeah, it is. I and mean, they, they came out with a decent product. No question. So all the best to Connor. And quite frankly, you can make more money off this than he's made anywhere else. Absolutely. Uh, if he wants me on board, you know, how about he makes a Conor McGregor, a blow up doll series of, of female blow up dolls. Then I'm on board. Then I'll support what he does. <laughs> yeah. But where are you going to find the room with the other six dolls you're living with? For God's sake. I, I, I pop them when I'm finished. Are you kidding me? I pop them and throw them out. It's awesome. So, so what you're saying is you're an animal. <laughs> no, I'm just, I don't want them telling the other dolls how awful I am in bed. So oh my God. Get the evidence. <laughs> you, you know, you just wrote a great script idea. You realize that. Oh, you did I really? work, Yeah. You should start work on that right now. I can see it. And a, a new, a new one for you to star in. <laughs> All right. A, a new one. I'll be the first one I started. It would be perfect. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Now, I don't know if you covered this on your show. Um, but UFC's Ra uh, Rochelle Osevich, she's filed for restraining order against yes. her MMA fighter husband. Uh, this is pretty serious here. I mean, she orbital has bone, now right? been. Pardon me. Sorry, she had an orbital bone broken or something. Uh, yeah, orbital bone broken. Um, an incident that occurred. Uh, let's see. As far as what they say, it was a a fight she had. Excuse me. A fight she had with her husband, who's also an MMA fighter named Arnold Burdon. He's like a, I think he's a bantamweight fighter also, weighing around 135. It was over the weekend. Because of the injury she received, and this is a shame and tragic for her, she's had to pull out of the biggest fight of her career because she was set to fight Paige Van Sant right. on January 19th. Ah, I feel so bad for her. I feel so yeah, bad. I mean, like, I, I've never in my life been in a domestic dispute like that. Like, I, I mean, I've argued horrendously. I've said terrible things. But I mean, like when it comes to getting physical, you just can't do it. Like you just walk away. 
you know, I, I break something and then leave the house for a couple hours. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know what people are thinking to for either one to get physical with the other. It's just it's ludicrous. It's like you're not going to win. There's going to be a problem. You're going to get arrested. It's going to ruin your life. It's going to ruin the other person's life. What are you doing? It's stupid. Dumb. It's called people think before you move. Yeah. You know, even in, even in the height of emotion. Yeah, dumb. Not much more you can say about that. I wish again. I wish her the best. A broken orbital bone is not easy to come back from. I don't see how she could possibly be ready anyway for the Jan nineteenth fight due to the uh, time she needs to recuperate. I just hope she recuperates hundred percent and comes back and continues her career. Isn't that the, the same thing that? Uh, sorry, Bruce. Is that the same thing Yoel Romero has? Uh, an orbital bone broken. Uh, what to who, please? Yes, uh, yes. Yoel Romero had the same thing. Yoel yes. Romero had his uh, orbital bro- bone broken, which is why he was not able to fight. Yeah. And think about it. Think about the mental aspect of having your orbital bone broken and just going back in to start sparring and training and take right. a shot. You know, until you get hit a couple times, you better let that thing heal 100%. Sure. As you should with any bone, period. All right. We got the fight coming up in uh, Beijing, uh, China this weekend. Francis Aganu against Curtis Blaze. I think that's going to be a, a Pier 6 brawl. Someone's definitely going to go down in that fight. The number three and four heavyweight containers, contenders going at it. Uh, and then you have Alistair Overeem and Sergey Pavlovich, um, and then a whole bunch of other fights. Another ten fights on the card. Uh, looking forward to the fight. Looking forward to Beijing and and uh, going to a new country. In respect to the city we're going to, we've been to Shanghai before, but right. uh, China is a very MMA crazed country. They love their UFC over there, and we're going over to give them the entertainment. What do you think about the Francis Ngannou Curtis Blades fight? You know, Ngannou against uh, Stipe. The fact that he survived five rounds without collapsing was impressive but he looked very very bad against Derek lewis um you know uh, curtis blades looks who's curtis blades last fight do you remember i know Ngannou's lost two straight um but i don't know where his confidence is at you know what i mean especially he looked very very uh hesitant against Derek lewis like he was afraid of of of, of uh you know missing and being hit so i don't know i hope his confidence is back for his sake but I may take Curtis Blades in this. I, I'm, I'm taking it that uh, Francis is three and Curtis is four. Do you know what Curtis's last fight was? Actually, it's the other way around. Francis is four and Curtis is three. Oh, Curtis my God. Okay. Corner. Uh, uh, Cur- Curtis did win his last fight, I think. Yeah, Cur- yeah Curtis on a nice little run. His last fight was a, a TKO stoppage victory over Alistair Overeem back in June. And didn't that Curtis and, uh, and uh, Francis fight once, and it was a doctor stoppage in like the second round or something for his eye? Yeah, Cur- I- Curtis Blades was uh, stopped due to a cut that Francis Ngannou uh, had uh, put on him, and it was uh, after the second round, if I remember correctly. So uh, some unfinished business between these two guys and uh, a lot on the line. I'm going to well, take, with- and I love Ngannou, but I'm going to take Curtis Blades in a second-round knockout, TKO. I like them both. I'll say what I normally say. May the best man win. But what's going to happen here, Curtis Blades is coming off a high. He's high. He's been winning fights. His confidence is high. He's in the red corner. He's the number three contender versus number four. He's facing a cross. He's also fought Francis before. Francis fought him before. So the mental state of Francis Ngannou coming out in the octagon this weekend is going to be one of two things. He's either going to learn from his last performance and want to redeem himself tremendously, which I think with the championship heart that he does have inside, but lost a little track of there for whatever reason in that last performance. I think we're going to see the France Ngannou of old coming out along with the Curtis Blades of now, and we're going to see one hell of a fight. I really well, do. Don't, well, don't forget, Ngannou may have it in his head, too, that he fought Curtis Blades two rounds and couldn't put him away. Like a doctor stoppage, they both know that wasn't Curtis Blades quitting. That was just a doctor stoppage. I mean, uh, you're right. He, he may be able to come out with that, with that, uh, 
with that confidence he had. But also, Curtis Blades is hungry. I don't know if he's ever fought for a title. And after, uh, you know, Ngannou's already fought Stipe. So uh, Curtis Blades on his way up. Um, I'm taking Curtis. I, I don't know why, because I love Francis Ngannou. But I, I'm taking Curtis Blades. And it's not even that I want to see him win. I just think he's going to. So we'll see. Gotcha. Yeah, we'll see. May the best My man win. My picks are terrible, dude. I, I, I you know, I, I mean, even though I'm leading the unfiltered pack, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of Chris, the producer, and Matt. Uh, it doesn't mean much. Let's be honest. Matt's terrible at picking fights. He's great at fighting them, but he's terrible at picking them. <laughs> I'm glad you said it, and I didn't. But I'll mention it to him <laughs> when I see him. All right. Well, let's look forward to a, a fun night of action. We got a lot of names here. Quite honestly, I got to probably go over a couple times. <laughs> but you're good, um, Bruce, you're so good at that. Now, do you write them down phonetically? Because it's really, really difficult, especially I know you're doing some, uh, some of them are probably going to be Chinese names that are not yeah. easy to, to, to just sound out by looking at them. So will you write them down phonetically? Yeah. If you look at my cards, the ones that I put up on eBay, you know, like 16, 17 times for uh, charity benefit sales. Um, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see the cards and you'll notice that, yes, I write it all phonetically and I do it in my head. I don't always look at my cards when I'm announcing, but yeah. if I have to, phonetically, it's right there because I do not rehearse, Jim. I do not like rehearsing. Right. There's a re rehearsal voice and there's live and action passion going. I go for the live and action. Let me let it, let me get, let it get done the way I like to do it. And now let, let me it ask fly. you, is there any, like, can you sell these cards for charity? Is there any uh, a card you've written out that you would never sell because the fight was too intense for you or too much and you'd have to keep that uh, card? Uh, the way I can answer that is there are certain events and great fights like that that it just mean a lot to me that I want to hold and I want to I save. Like, for instance, I've got the cards from you know, UFC 100 when I introduced Brock Lesnar and, you know, and did the 360. I don't want to move those. I want to keep right. those. Um, there's other great fights, but you know, when I can benefit a charity, sure. uh, I, I'd rather benefit the animal, military, and children charities that I'd like to donate to. And that's one way that I can do that in the position I'm in and get a nice, you know, nice little bit of coin and send the partial proceeds over there to them. That's you know? great. So that's, I guess I, that's the only way I can answer that. I, I'm open. I'm always open. I try not to hold on to things emotionally too much, but there are certain things in life you have to, which are like we talked about earlier, family memories, mementos, sentimental items. Um, but I, I'm very hard to part with things. Let me put it that way, Jim. I'm giving you two answers to your question. Me it's too. Very, hard, very hard for me to, to part with stuff that I love. Yeah, me too, buddy. I get really attached to things. and I'm like a hoarder, but it's cool stuff that I hoard, like signed boxing gloves. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I really am. I mean, I, I, I'm like, I'm five years away from taking dumps in a bag and throwing them on my steps. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all I can tell you is that I'm a big collector of sports, uh, military, uh, excuse me, sports, movie memorabilia and military guns and artifacts from World War II on back. And oh, it's, cool. this is a second business of mine. I used to put on collector shows. I talk about it at its time all the time. So being the collector I am, I buy things for investment. And the stuff that you just mentioned, including all your UFC memorabilia, I tell our listeners all the time, hold on to it. It goes up in value and it will continue to. And there's usually always somebody that wants to buy it. It's you all know. about Oh, Go sorry, ahead. Bruce. I see you're no. right. I, I have stuff signed to me usually. So I don't, uh, like I, I got great Chuck Liddell shorts signed. I, I just get them to me. I've never sold a piece. I'm too greedy to hang on to this stuff. I mean, I guess if I had to, I would, but I, I love keeping this stuff. I, I don't even display half of it, but I just love having it, you know? Yeah, I've got it in vaults and the stuff I have displayed in my home, like my movie posters on my wall. I never get tired of looking at them because they're just amazing artwork because my posters are pre-1960 down to the 1930s. Oh. And when I, 
when I want to change up the house, I just move the posters to different locations and I feel like I just put up new stuff, you know? Yep. Yep. Or you swap one out, put one in the closet and put a new, use museum glass, I'm sure. Yes. Of yeah, course. Abs- all that. Absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely correct, Jim. You know the routine. Yep. All right. Let's switch, let's switch over to a little sports. Sure. Okay. Um, the Red Sox know how to party, man. After they won the World Series, they went to an L.A. nightclub here to celebrate their World Series title. Get this. They bought 169 bottles of champagne, and they left a $195,000 tip. Wow. $195,000. Woo. Wow. Wow. And now they get to go home, and if they really want to party, it was announced today that recreational marijuana is now for sale on the East Coast. And where's it for sale? Massachusetts just became the first state east in the Mississippi to legally sell recreational weed on Tuesday, with two marijuana dispensaries now open to the public more than two years after the voters approved its use. Took that's two years. That, yeah. That's what we, that's what you need in Boston. More drugs. All right, good for them. <laughs> now, I, I happen to love Boston, so it's one of my favorite places. So I'm happy for them. I'm a recovering addict, so I can't use any of that stuff, but uh, a more power to those that can. Well, they opened it up today, and according to the article I read, the flavor of the week because of Thanksgiving is pumpkin spice dust is now oh, on the course. menu. There you How go. Nice. How lovely. Yeah. Good for them. Now, are you a football fan? I used to be. You know, I was a Cowboy fan my whole life, but I don't really watch it anymore. Well, the last night on Monday Night Football, uh, I took the Kansas City Chiefs versus the LA Rams, and I had the Chiefs plus three and a half points, right? Yes. The third highest scoring game in NFL history last night and the highest scoring game in Monday Night Football ended with 54-51. Oh. The Rams the Rams won and I'm happy to say I won because you've oh, you had three you had three and a half points to 51. What do you get? 54 and a half. There you awesome. go. How good does that feel? Like I I'm such a compulsive psychopath. That's why I don't gamble at all. I mean just with my health, like I don't wear condoms, but as far as like with uh, <laughs> money and, and and sports, man, I just can't do it. It's too much. Uh, you know what? I do it recreationally. I never. I, I'm, I'm a. I'm a gambler, and that the fact that I'm a poker player. Okay, so that means I can be classified as a gambler. But sure. I'm a winning player, and when it comes to sports, I don't bet sports except for football. I don't bet on fights. I bet on football because I come from the school. I like a little action on right. the game. It makes it more exciting for me. So of course, all good. You got money in the stock market, Jim? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, it's kind of crap in the bed. Uh, you know, uh, these days, but. Uh, you know, I, I have a little bit of money in, in, in uh, you know, some Apple stock and stuff like that. Yeah, which is always, that'll always come back. But I mean, if you woke up this morning, stocks are tanking. Some of the tech world's richest executives, they're losing billions when it comes down to Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. They're all getting hammered as investors are selling their shares because everybody's worried. They're worried that it, we're about to tank. So yeah. I know for me personally, and I think for everybody out there with their 401ks, pretty much, I'm going to make a generalization, but it's almost like the money, your time's up, Jim. We're going to let you go here in a second. Okay. The, um, the money that we all increased our accounts by over the last year has just gone away in, in like four weeks. It did, yeah. I mean, I, I don't pay that close attention to it, but uh, yeah, it, it, I get married to stock, so I don't ever sell it. But, uh, you know, it, it, did, it did just evaporate. So uh, I, I have a little thing on my phone once in a while. I look at it and uh, I don't know what the NASDAQ is or the Dow. All I know is it's either red or it's green, and everything is red except Facebook right now. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. One last thing before you go. Sure. You've been following the uh, the Trump and the Stormy Daniels case and uh, yeah. Michael Avenatti, the attorney for Stormy Daniels. Did you read where he just, after all this stuff that he's been doing, he just got arrested for alleged domestic violence? 
Yeah, he's denying it very, very yeah. uh, steadfastly. I don't know what to believe in that because I don't. I'm not a big fan of his, but he's he's denying it in what I think is a fairly believable way. I, I have no idea. All I know is this: I believe Stormy Daniels. I hope Trump did have sex with her. He's a dope if he didn't. Uh, I mean, come on. We're shocked all of a sudden that a billionaire who ran a, a, a beauty pageant might have banged a porn star. I mean, how naive are we? Like, who cares? Good good for him. Next. <laughs> and he called her horse face on Twitter. I mean, come on. What a great time to be alive this is. Who oh. doesn't love living right now? This is phenomenal. I, it's like you're a comedian, but every day you wake up to the most serious issues in the world involving our president of the United States and other and others. And you've got comedy on a daily basis, but it's not really comedy. It's kind of scary and, and uh, horrifying at the same time, some of the stuff going on. You it know? is. You know what, though? We're going to be fine. I mean, I'm a real pessimist, but when it comes to this stuff, I'm a complete optimist. Everything is going to be fine. The country is not going to be ruined. Nothing is going to happen. Anything Trump does that people don't like, the next guy will reverse it. The same way Trump reversed all of Obama's stuff. Everything's going to work out. Everybody's panicking. We're all going to be fine. And I hope so, too. My fingers are crossed right with you there, Jim, because you know what? He's our president. We, we have to, you know, honor the fact and hope for the best. It's all we can do. And if you people know? want to, I'm in New York. I'll be at Caroline's Friday and Saturday night, two shows each night. 212-757-4100, uh, Caroline's on Broadway, the comedy club, uh, the night after Thanksgiving and then the night after that. So I appreciate it, Bruce. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, everybody go check out Jim Norton. I'm telling you, you will laugh your buns off and have a great time. That's Caroline's in New York. And give, yep. us, the, give us the dates again, please. It's, uh, the, it's the, uh, the day after Thanksgiving and the Saturday after that. So the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving. So two, two nights from now, um, I'll be there Friday and Saturday. And uh, 212-757-4100. Fantastic. Okay, and everybody check out Jim Norton and Matt Sarah on their show, UFC Unfiltered. Always great to watch and enjoy. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show, my friend. I Anytime. will see you soon. All right, pal. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Bruce. Take care, Jim. Bye. Ah, Jim Norton there, Buff. It's uh, it's always good having him on. It's been a little while since we had him on the air. Yeah, he's always enjoyable, you know, and I mean it. He is so funny if you ever get a chance to see his stand-up. And just, just having a, a drink with him is funny enough. But, yeah, that was a lot of fun to have him on. We'll definitely have him on again, as we always do. You know, I mentioned the um, – felony domestic violence case with Michael Avenatti, uh, Stormy Daniels' attorney, when we had Jim on the phone here, or on the show, rather. And there's another lawsuit that came out, too, which is not really enjoyable to read about. But uh, this is involves Dartmouth University, one of the most prestigious universities in the country, uh, has now three former Dartmouth College professors, um, basically have turned the school's Department of Psychological and Brain Sciences into what they claim 21st century animal house. Uh, where they're claiming that they plied students with alcohol and raped them. Oh, God, another one of these horrible stories coming on. So yeah. now we'll see what comes out with this. I can't really comment that much, but uh, it's just so many of these things coming to the forefront. You know, it's just, it's crazy. But here again, it's like anything else, you know, like uh, the shootings that take place when you're out to dinner or at a movie. It's like there's no place that's safe. Here we have one of the highest respected universities in the country. And, and again, you can say the same thing. I mean, is this an example that no place is safe? But again, as we always say, it's alleged and it will come out in court as time goes on. I'm only reporting the news here as I read this, but I did not like seeing this story. No. Another, no. And another one I did not like seeing, which bothers me a lot. We touched on it. A dead whale in Indonesia that washed up they found. TJ, 
it had 1,000 pieces of plastic in its, in its stomach. 25 plastic bags, two flip-flops, four plastic bottles, and over 1,000 other plastic items were in the whale's stomach, found in the waters of Indonesia, which means, if I'm not mistaken, unless it swam very far, that those waters are polluted with plastic. Is that how you interpret that? I mean, with the way that tides work and the currents in the, the ocean, like it, it doesn't matter where the garbage is. It all gets swept up into the same sort of cycle. And, yeah, I mean, even though the ocean is blue and vibrant and beautiful, you know, pretty much all around the world, it doesn't mean that there isn't terrible, disgusting, gross stuff that human beings like, you know, you and I, unfortunately, put there one way or another. And uh, it's, it's, it's horrible to hear things like this. Yeah, it really is. And I know that there's efforts being made to clean the ocean of the plastic. And I hope that all goes well. I can't even imagine the amount of money and the expansive undertaking that that involves. But uh, we need to do it no matter how many years we need to do it, because whatever we can get out of it now with what's being put into it. Hopefully we get more out than it's being put in so it dissipates, if you follow my theory. Yeah, no, for sure. And and I think we have gotten better. Uh, a lot of, I mean, you know, in the state of California, you have to pay for your plastic bags if you want them at the grocery store. And those plastic bags are constructed of a, a material that's supposed to break down much quicker and easier than, you know, traditional plastic bags. Um, you know, we don't really sell the old uh, soda ring can things anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Where yeah. a six pack yeah. would be held with the, the plastic rings. I mean, those were destroying ducks and, and fish. And I mean, we're getting better. But unfortunately, uh, we're kind of late to the party and realizing that we were creating the issue and we're doing our best to solve it, Buff. But it's, it's a process, to say the least. It's a process, but at least something is being done about that process. And now if we can get on the global warming and climate control and all the things that we have to address these issues. We cannot let these issues just slide by. There's yeah. too many things happening right now. It's too obvious that this and, has, we got to do something. And I don't even think I don't, we totally, I don't, know what. I don't even think we totally understand what we're doing to the environment quite yet. I mean, uh, is the, the rising temperature necessarily a product of human beings? I mean, you, you can find experts on both sides that will say no or yes. And uh, all, all I know is as human beings, we go through a lot of stuff and we have, uh, you know, waste from the things that we go through. We just need to be smarter about what we do to it. And, and none of our um, none of our waste, our physical waste. Now, I'm not talking about the pollutants that our cars and stuff put in the environment. Uh, I think we need to get better about that, too. But, you know, any of our physical waste, if it is uh, compromising the well-being and quality of life for an animal out in nature, like, how are you okay with that as a human being? Like none of us want to know that, you know, something that we just throw away or are willy nilly with will potentially kill an animal or, you know, make one very, very sick. I, I can't, I can't stomach that. I, I feel terrible about it. That's why someone made trash cans. Okay. Right. But like I mean, just, it's, not, it's not even the fact that we make trash cans. Like the issue is this plastic isn't just because people were throwing into the ocean. It's because the way that our waste is handled, sometimes it's not necessarily us that are to blame per se. It's, it's how right, it's right. handled by others. And, you know, um, things get shipped on, on slow boats and they fall off and we have oil yeah. spills and things like that. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't litter. I never throw garbage out of my car window when I'm going down the street, but that doesn't mean, unfortunately, that, that waste doesn't make it, uh, you know, to those, those ecosystems. I got your point. Your point is well taken. I, I agree. All right. Um, Collectible-wise, we'll move on. A little happy talk before the show's over. Uh, Ferrari, the 1962 Ferrari 
250 GTO, just sold. And this was the highest price ever uh, cars ever sold for $48.4 million. Wow. For, 48 point? 40, oh 48.4 million. Wow. Uh, up until now, uh, the last Ferrari that sold a 62-63 Ferrari GTO sold for $38 million in 2014. So here we have a four-year difference, and the car went up approximately $8 million in value. Well, um, hopefully nothing breaks on it because trying to get a ma- manufactured part for that thing is going to be just as expensive. Well, it's going to probably sit on display. I'm sure somebody's going to want to drive it. But just so you know, in the business sense of the of a transaction like this, the auction company gets a gets a share. They oh, get of course. 10%. Yeah, yeah. So usually there's two premiums. There's a seller's premium and a buyer's premium. In this case, it included a 10% buyer's premium. So the auction company made four point eight four million dollars on that one sale you know what good for them that's well, what the business is all about without the auction you're not going to get that type of price you know what no. i mean and uh you know good for them a penny uh penny earned yeah and hopefully they save it hopefully they don't go blow it as the auction it, house it's like on ebay when right. i sold the two ufc uh 229 cards for right. they sold for 3200 ebay gets 10 percent. they made 320 dollars off that sale right yeah that's the way it works okay <clears throat> Memorabilia auctions also happening for TV. Um, did you ever watch Dexter? Oh yeah, um, yeah. I, I, that was one of those uh, shows that I think went on for maybe like one or two seasons too long. Uh, I don't think yeah. I, I. The last episode I saw was the finale of the season where uh, Tom Hanks' son uh, Colin was was the guest star uh, that season. So I, I think I missed either the last two seasons or just the last last season. Well, his famous stalker getup that he wore for the, the psychological thriller um, is now being auctioned off uh, for, let's see here, at an online merchant called Prop Store for between two and 3000 That doesn't sound like a lot compared to a lot of the other, other things we mentioned. But they're also auctioning off uh, the togas worn by William Shatner and uh, Nichelle Nichols in the 68 episode of Star Trek, which actually was the first time an interracial kiss ever happened on American TV. The togas they wore, now they're going to go for 60 and 80,000, right? Because Trekkies, there's, they, they, they buy the stuff. They love oh, yeah. their Star Trek memorabilia. Mork and Mindy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the egg spaceship from Mork and Mindy. Oh, yeah, uh, that's Robin iconic. Williams. Yeah, 30,000. Howard Stern's Fartman uniform from the 92 MTV VMA Awards. Sure. 8,000. See, and, uh, th- these things seem really reasonable. Maybe it's because you just hit me with a $48.4 million car. A Probably. moment ago, but like if I was a super rich guy, like who wouldn't want to own the egg spaceship from Mork and Mindy? Like that's that's a cool little thing to have in your living room. Absolutely. No question. And there was one last thing here. Oh, Breaking Bad, one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a bag of the blue sky meth. Sure. Right. That he was selling just the bag. Right. Three thousand. Three thousand. See, I mean, again, that seems reasonable. I know it's yeah. just a bag, but. That's a hell of a conversation starter, and I, I firmly believe you'll get $3,000 worth of use out of it having your friends and you know maybe business people come over and go, you know what that's from? Look at that. That's the blue meth. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of collectibles. Everybody's. I mean, I'm a proud collector, and I don't like make people look at stuff when they walk in my house, but when they walk in and they comment on something, right. I'm always happy to explain or happy to talk about what I love. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you live in a museum, Buff. Like, I, I love – uh, your place. I haven't been over to the new place, but I mean, just walking through uh, the old place, it's like baseball cards and, and just collectibles, memorabilia, movie posters on the wall. Like it's awesome. It's, I mean, if you're into memorabilia and you're really into memorabilia, it truly is a lifestyle in a lot of ways. And, and you can uh, submerse yourself 
into it. Like, I mean, again, I'm not going to hate on anybody. If you got $48.4 million to spend on a car, go lay it down. That That's great. But, like, yeah. a car's going to sit in the garage. You know, some of the stuff that we just talked about on the cheaper end, like, that can be on display in your living room, your bedroom, your office. Like, you're going to be able to appreciate that a lot more than, you know, having to go out. And, and, and again, $48.4 million, you're probably not driving that car. You know what I mean? No. So. Yeah. If you got $48.4 million, you're probably driving a lot of cars. Right, <laughs> right, right. None of which are, uh, you know, on display like that. But, yeah, I don't know. I would just rather have things that are more practical that I can, you know, see on a daily basis and appreciate and admire a little bit. Yeah, let me see if Conor McGregor bought this Ferrari. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, I think you rented it. <laughs> oh, oh, that was good. Oh, that was funny. That was a, that was a good one, TJ. Yeah. That was a good one. Connor, we love you, baby. Just just playing around. <laughs> well, he probably can afford more more than just that car now with his uh, whiskey selling out like crazy. Hey, more power to him, man. I love seeing success in action. Yeah. And that's a, that, that should be motivating to other people that want to succeed on any level. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It is the beginning of the holidays. This is Thanksgiving week. The show is posted on Thanksgiving. If you listen to it on Thanksgiving or the day after, I just hope you have, you will have, or you have had a wonderful, beautiful Thanksgiving, one of my favorite times of the year with your family and loved ones. There is no Thanksgiving day for me with my family and loved ones because I have to grab a plane that morning to Beijing, China for the UFC in Beijing. Well, I'll see you from the Octagon this weekend. Uh, but I do celebrate next week when I get back. Fourth year in a row, we're learning to delay Thanksgiving. Hey, but everything's good. Do what, what you got to do? It's sacrifices for the job, man. Right. That's what it is. And what ultimately, too, I mean, sacrifice for your family. I know you don't have a wife and kids, but I know you take care of, you know, your family members and those that are very close to you. So, you know, you're doing the thing. And, and that is a great way to show that you're appreciative uh, for them. And, and Buff, I'm appreciative for you. Uh, ten and a half years now in the books, if it's time. I'm appreciative for you, too. Uh, TJ, and thank you. I mean, thanksgiving to you for all the wonderful thanks we've shared and, and expressed to others over the last 10 and a half years. It's been a wonderful relationship that's not over, and we got more years to come with It's Time Radio. So thank you, TJ. I appreciate that very much. My pleasure, Buff. All right. Well, thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, everybody, and everybody out there, all our listeners around the world. It's a day to give thanks for, but you know what? Every week, I think about what I'm thankful for. I hope you had to take time to do that for yourselves also. It's very important because we need to appreciate the beautiful, wonderful things in life. And I wish you all the best. With that being said, treat everybody around you with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them. Because when you set on that path, just be the best you can be. Do the best job you can. Because that means you're winning. No matter what level you win at, you're a winner. So be a winner. That's all we talk about in this time radio. We'll be back next week. Buffer out. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. At Metro, you get everything you need to rule your school year. Right now, get a new phone and tablet on us when you switch. Plus, enjoy high-speed data on both devices for just $75 a month. And with one Amazon Prime membership included, you can watch Amazon Originals, movies and shows, stream endless music, and enjoy free shipping. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. With new lines of service after rebate redemption plus sales tax and activation fee. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime is a $12.99 a month cost. Restrictions apply. 
At Metro, you get everything you need to rule your school year. Right now, get a new phone and tablet on us when you switch. Plus, enjoy high-speed data on both devices for just $75 a month. And with one Amazon Prime membership included, you can watch Amazon Originals, movies and shows, stream endless music, and enjoy free shipping. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. With new lines of service after rebate redemption plus sales tax and activation fee. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Amazon Prime has a $12.99 a month cost. Restrictions apply.